0: Oh my goodness, you crazy son of a bitch. Do you have any idea what you've just done? You've just discovered the Martin Rap Show Podcast Hour. This is the show that may or may not be an hour long based on your perception of time and how much I've got to say. So strap yourselves in and prepare your ears for the journey of a lifetime with your host of the Martin Rap Show Podcast Hour, me, yeah, idiot.
1: There we go. Ha-ha, I got you too.
0: Oh shit! Okay. All okay. right. Let me see. I'm gonna turn up my volume. Just keep keep talking. I'm gonna. I'm gonna.
1: <laughs> Testing one two.
0: Perfect.
1: <laughs> Martin Lissraps is a, is a fabulous author who writes amazing books.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> We're just talking about him this week.
0: I like where this is going.
1: <laughs> i mean i can go on man i did <laughs> uh you know what
0: I, I think i think that's uh precisely how we're going to start the show frankly
1: <laughs> fantastic
0: oh uh, goodness okay let's see i just want to make sure ah good grief it's a, it's it's clearly been a it's been well not only has it been too long since we talked i feel like it's been too long since i've tried to record one of these
1: <laughs> With someone else?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because I did the. I one... say that
1: because I, I I did listen to your uh, literary agents, uh, most of it, um, not too long ago, actually.
0: B- most is all you needed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you... <laughs> well, well, well. If you know, so I'm gonna get started, but I, I'm I'm guessing I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep all this because I'm enjoying it so far. Keep it, man.
1: Let's get started.
0: Okay. Well, welcome everybody to the Martin Lestrap Show podcast hour. This is episode number two hundred and twenty. And
1: I know one hundred and twenty since last I talked to you. I know I had to. I, <laughs> I
0: actually checked because <laughs> I, you know, because I, 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 you'd think I'd have this memorized. I don't know, but I, I had to check like right before we got on. It was like, what episode is this? And then I saw two twenty, and even even I, I had to clutch my own pearls for a second. <laughs>
1: and I've seen your pearls man. <laughs> they're
0: impressive thank you very much thank you very much
1: also also let, let's note if, if past president is any uh, indication uh-huh. this will not be the Martin Listraps podcast hour it'll be the Martin podcast like five hours <laughs> <Last> <laughs> time. You, you and me can talk we
0: did a two-parter last time
1: I, uh, and well,
0: I didn't do it I just I know. I'm, did 2 I'm, I'm actually talking about when we clutched my pearls but then also <laughs> Podcast-wise was also that was episodes uh, one one thirty three and one thirty four I believe that because I, I also had to look that up.
1: Was it? I yeah, thought, I honestly thought it was it was episode hundred.
0: I, I I thought I talked to you sooner than that, but apparently I I had to make huh. you wait.
1: Hey, I, I mean, decided. Good things come. Yeah, do so. <laughs> yes,
0: because there were one hundred thirty two authors more pressing than Will Entrican hey, who.
2: Mean- was-
0: <laughs> <laughs> so my guest on episode 220 is Will Entrican, best-selling author, and uh, and my old friend. So here, here here's a funny story for you. And by funny, it's it's not going to make you laugh, but yeah. i
1: will <laughs> make me laugh. That's, that's <laughs> So
0: I was uh, like a, a couple of days ago i i was i was i was looking through my some old emails, and. For whatever reason, for whatever reason, it struck me. I I I searched MySpace because I, I I got this idea. It's like MySpace used to be a thing, and I used to use MySpace.
1: <laughs> Certainly, I must have A very have, long time ago. I should must pretend, have MySpace should, should we for people like what MySpace was. It was kind of. Like- I know. I, I, honestly, Meta, like that but with music or something. I don't even know how to describe it anymore. With I don't. I, yeah,
0: it. You know it. I, it's where it's where I learned. You imagine know,
1: like, walking out your front door and people just like strumming a guitar at you, like autoplay videos <laughs> and like subscribe to my blog. Uh,
0: I like like the two tricks I know in HTML. I think I learned on
1: MySpace. <laughs> we were all coders <laughs> at one point. It's so true. <laughs>
0: Uh, and I, and I, the, the thing that I was most proud of was when I figured out how to get the, uh, uh, you know, so talking about like you join some, you get on somebody's page and it just blares whatever the fuck they put on there. So I, I managed to get the uh, the theme song to Super Mario Brothers. And like, that's when I stopped. I was like, I'm retiring. This is the proudest day of my goddamn life. <laughs> So,
1: you know, I, I I have to say it's so funny you went coding because to be honest with you, MySpace is is why I ended up in indie publishing because it was like I got a Kindle, I realized an ebook is like a web page, and I was like, oh my god, I kind of know HTML because I <laughs> because I uploaded random GIFs for a while. Like <laughs>
0: it's it's very true. It's very true. So, so the reason that it, so, by the way, my story has nothing to do with MySpace except that's what got me looking at old emails. But so, so, so here's so here's what happened. Actually, you know what? It does, it does involve MySpace. So, so I, I so I searched MySpace, and I feel like I need to say this. I don't just like go around like doing random searches of my email so like often this was totally Listener, random he
1: does <laughs> <laughs> but in the,
0: yeah, i just want to see like I, i'm like looking for any <laughs> any potential fan mail i missed over the last whatever how many years so i so i looked at myspace because i was like i've got to have like an old myspace email just just to see like you know, w- w- what's in there and uh and you popped up <laughs> and you did and I was like why the fuck is Will Entrican popping up in my MySpace search in my email Uh and so the funny st- the, the funny part is I think literally I think I, it must have been one of our first conversations or something because I think you'd mentioned some version of what you talked about a second ago which is you know being on MySpace and sort of connecting with oh, you know, writing and stuff Yeah. and so but, but what really like shocked me and it shouldn't shock me because like I know how long I've known you but like the email was it was like eleven years ago, I guess. It must have been from twenty eleven, and on so like I know, like I know that's when I met you. But it was wild to me that it's been that. Like I think seeing it like in my email, like that's an old fucking email. I haven't actually known Will long Dude, enough to get an email old, in twenty eleven.
1: reminding you of mora- mortality? Oh fuck! <laughs> Not God. morality. No, no,
0: no. I, I if, if there's one thing that I don't think about when I think about Will Entropy exactly. It is why would you morality in this day and age. <laughs> Uh, so, so, okay. So, I'm I'm actually genuinely very excited to talk about you because to talk to you, I talk about you all the time. <laughs> uh, just Same. without without I, my. I
1: literally was telling my colleague the other day about you and terror and just the the amount of dread and squick that inside the outside inspired, and we had a long conversation about horror. And you can't have a conversation about horror without mentioning Martin Lestrange.
0: Clutch my pearls. <laughs> so i am so so here's the thing i'm so goddamn tempted to to to, to milk that compliment for, for as much as i can get but i'm but i'm also trying to be a responsible podcast host and make this about you because i because i oh. invited you on the show on purpose but but i but i love hearing nice things about myself but i'm also trying to be tell you what, give me one more compliment and then we'll make it about you
1: and then we'll move on yeah <laughs> It was very smart of me to do this. So, so, listener, it's like nine p m Pacific. <laughs> time. so we will not go on for three hours because because we're both old men. It's beyond our bedtime. <laughs> that, I,
0: I think that was a strategy. I've got to make it late enough <laughs> that we're going to run out of gas that despite... we're not
1: drunk yet. We haven't had <laughs> enough wine.
0: how <laughs> uh, uh, oh, fuck was was I thinking? okay, so we'll enter in. What did I talk to you on? So, so they're actually, they're genuinely art. Okay. So, so, so here's the thing. So you, you, you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago uh, that the last episode I did 219 and that episode was my first episode in like, like a year and a half. So like, I didn't record anything in 2021. Um, Well,
1: I mean, I I feel like we should take those years off the books anyway. Like,
0: I, I think, I think that's fair. I think anything that's like a mulligan didn't happen in twenty twenty one or you thought should happen. Like, it's 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 a free. Everybody's like one year younger. Just all of the above. Yes. Yes. So, um, the uh, let's see. Oh, good grief! Uh, Something, something. So, so here, uh, here's the thing. I I used to prepare notes when I did these conversations. (laughs) <laughs> i think that i think that's one well, of the things. So, so you said it
1: was 221 was was the last one uh so it was about agents and i know we were going to talk about agents you were, we both have novels yeah. that we have recently finished and Absolutely. are moving in that direction so and we could do that and and then in a well, bit we can talk about the we'll start there i just i just announced publishing so
0: well let's let, let's we do got that. lots we've yeah that's it we, we got so i want to talk to you about agents i want to talk to you about traditional publishing i want to talk to you about indie publishing uh i want to talk i want to talk to you about uh, so so one of the things just like in my own mind and heart that i've sort of been sort of i I don't want to say dealing with because it makes it sound dramatic but i think on some level there is a bit of drama in my head of reconciling uh self-publishing with traditional publishing and uh Mm -hmm. in large part uh you know what? Let's just start here because this, this is where kind of the front of my head is. So, so you and I met specifically as uh, as as indie authors. We met in two thousand and eleven yes. by pure happenstance. We happened to publish novels, I think, within a month of each other. I think so. Yeah. Um, inside so Inside the Outside was like July twenty eleven, and, and you you published the Pro- Prodigal Hour. Same same month. So, yeah, so actually, so like yeah. less than a month. Um, and now remind me, I. Was was that your first book or was Meats Girl your first book or am I
1: totally messing uh, up your? Yeah, no, no. uh, it was my first. So Meats Girl was my first novel. Um, I published a collection of short stories as well in my second year at USC studying fiction and screenwriting. Um, that had actually come from my well, not from my space. Mm-hmm. Um, I had published a few blogs and some creative nonfiction. Um, there was no short story market. Uh, and actually it was, it ended up being the first ebook ever on an iPhone. Um, I published it uh, oh, using Lulu, um, which was a thing back then for, for anyone who doesn't oh, know. It was like kind of like this, yeah, it was like proto Kindle, whatever. Um, and I was doing the, I, I called it the iTunes model of publishing and I was doing um, short stories, single short stories and essays and like, Two poems, I think, for a buck each. And then I had the collection as a whole. Everything was up as a PDF. And it was kind of like that pricing structure. I mean, obviously, it wasn't through iTunes then because, and there was no Apple Books. um, But one of my blog readers ended up getting the PDF. Um, The iPhone had just come out. She put it on there. And lo and behold, like I was the first ebook, as far as I know, on an iPhone. So um, that was 2007. Oh,
0: that was, that was, so that was like, I am can show you my math skills. So I, I don't, I don't know if you heard the pause there. I was about to say a number and I was like, fuck, did I do my math right? I don't want to sound like an <laughs> idiot, but I've already, I've already added myself on that. So that was five. I was going to say five, five isn't correct. Four, four years. That's four years before the prodigal hour.
1: Uh, yeah. So what happened was I moved to New York 2010 um, got a Kindle because I was, uh, I was working as a trainer in, Min- in Manhattan and right like I was on the train reading the magicians by Lev Grossman, which starts out amazingly. And then, eh. um, disappears. But w- was, I was reading it and I was like, wait, I know, I can't remember how I realized what an ebook is mm-hmm. like as a portable webpage. Um, but like I said, it was the same thing. Like I was like, wait, I know some HTML from MySpace, like I know how to do italics and stuff like that. I know a paragraph code. <laughs> uh, this is really in weeds, but anyway, I got it and uh I remember um yeah, I, I talked to uh someone I was working with and I was like, I can do this. And they were like, Yeah, go for it. So um I did. Uh I published Meets Girl. Um, I serialized it on my website, um, for, I think eight weeks, um, leading up to the launch <clears throat> and then, uh, published it, uh, November, 2010, I think. Uh, I was still querying the part hour at the time. It was kind of like, um, I, I looked at both the short story collection and, uh, nascent musical as kind of like a calling card. Mm-hmm. I was writing for a website called the nervous breakdown, blah, blah, blah. Um, I was talking to, like, I had a lot of friends who had books coming out. Like I knew, uh, a guy named Jonathan Evison, who's got a lot out now, Greg Oliar, um, stuff like that. And, um, yeah, so I published Meets Girl. Uh, and then 2011 was, was coming around and I was like, I didn't, I I had some good hits like, you know, and we'll talk about this I'm sure in a minute,
2: Mm -hmm. but
1: you know, the whole like, this is a really good, your, your style is good. The writing is good. This is a tough market. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. Subjective business, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it was the 10th anniversary of September 11th. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, and warn me if, if I mess up your levels, dude. I don't know anything about audio.
0: You sound, uh, fa- that makes two of us, <laughs> but you sound great.
1: <laughs> so, so, uh, so it was the 20th anniversary and or the 10th anniversary of, of september 11th and that was just in my head because so the prodigal hour is the world's only pre post eleven novel because it starts on october or halloween of 2001 and then literally goes back to ancient jerusalem before munich of 1923 which i don't think is a spoiler because hey it's been out for 10 years so <laughs> why haven't you read it um and it was important to me because of that and so i and having been there on september 11th and like literally being in new york when those attacks occurred um i wanted that out then it felt personally important so um i published it over um uh independence day weekend because i was an indie author and i was like this is my independence Mm
2: -hmm.
1: shot it out there so um and uh i mean so I don't know if as an author we're ever really satisfied by how a book does what it comes out and, right. and stuff like that. Um, but I will note that I think it was not the next year, but the year following, um, it's, it's always been important for me that that, and then I wrote a, an essay collection about having having been there that day and then some experiences after it. Um, cause you know, there, there weren't, camera phones then there was no iPhone of September mm-hmm. 11th and i i feel like um it it just missed it and um i feel like it's it's such a you know cultural touchstone and really changed our collective global psyche
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's it's not for for all of the media that has come out and i just actually this year watched well last year now watched like spike lee series and stuff like that but like you know some of the some of the footage is is so randomly gotten basically like oh i happen to be here like the the there are two filmmakers following a, a um uh a fire an fd uh fire department in new york oh Brigade wow and yeah they, so they were like literally three blocks from it they were investigating gas leak and it was two french brothers and like they happened to look up and they captured footage of the first plane hitting the the tower. Like, it's just so random that it happened and they were out there. So anyway, long story short, um, every year, September 11th, I make my my essay collection free. And then that year I did the Prodigal Hour, the same thing. I was just like, I want people to see this. Um, and it was the most popular book on Amazon, like 100,000 copies in mm-hmm. like two days. It's insane. So that was kind of like where... Everything started, and <laughs> and then I got—I won't say—just distra- I, I I started focusing on helping others, like empowering other voices and stuff. Um, and yeah, so like this week, I just announced uh, my first novel since then, which is insane. It's like 2022, and I haven't published anything in, in it's eleven years. Crazy, like, what insane. What the hell was what? Well, so I did I did publish a novella. Yeah. Two years ago, a year ago, I don't know what is time. I I, I, I know
0: exactly what you mean, though, because even though because I published uh, like even though I published, you know, uh, Dolph, the Unicorn Killer and technically actually we we published that together and we can even get into that a little bit later. Um, Even though I published that uh, short story collection and I'm wildly proud of it. it, it, uh, There's still a part of me that feels like and, and I don't know where this comes from and I don't even know if it's fair, but because it's not a novel, I feel like I haven't published in a while.
1: And I it, totally get that, but like, I also and and I'm sure we'll get here. You were talking about like indie publishing versus like corporate publishing and traditional publishing and all those kinds of labels and stuff. Yeah. And like, I feel like there's there are you well. So for me, and so I've been kind of like I've been really distracted, especially the past two years, mm-hmm. and haven't really checked in with those communities and stuff. Like, I I actually stopped reading those blogs and like whatever. Like I know very little about what's hip and happening like <laughs> i'm not on tiktok <laughs> let's put it that way <laughs> but like i feel like there was for a long time a a certain uh frisson between like it was almost a versus like you have to you know choose your are you team indian and 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 i'll be honest like i think i wrote something about being like team indian mm-hmm. it was so great and stuff like that and i'll be totally honest with you like the past two years it's it's like you know that saying about like look at my field of fucks how barren and desolate it is that's how many i have to give i don't care like i got nothing left so I, i get what you're saying about short stories but i'm just like lately i'm just like write it and do it and get it out there you know it's life life if if the two years this Past have have taught us nothing. Life's too short to sit on anything. A
0: hundred percent, man. And and yeah, and and you're you're totally touching on what I was thinking about. And uh, and, and I don't I don't think that we've ever. In fact, I'm I'm confident we've we've never talked about uh, this at least what I'm thinking about. So so the fact that you're already on the same wavelength kind of tells me something. But
1: I mean, of course. And so so like in, <laughs> so
0: in 2011, so so we met we, uh, so we met in the comments section of the self publishing review. We uh, sure did. And I and so I I've written uh, an 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 article. we'll, we'll call it an op ed because that sounds fancy. <laughs> <laughs> it was called the self self publishers uh manifesto, I think, is what I manifesto. called it.
1: Yeah, you gave it a fancy title. <clears throat> it was a manifesto. It was like, wow, this guy's <laughs> this
0: shit, yo. <laughs> uh, and and it was and uh and again I it, I was I was both really proud of it, but it but it, it, it truly was uh the it was a it was the result of a lot of things that I'd been thinking about and feeling probably for like a year or two years leading up to publishing inside the outside and and the 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 the, the the I don't know, the, the gist of it, the thesis of it was essentially, you know, uh, self-publishing, indie publishing, whatever you want to call it. Um this is, you know, this is this is the way this this is the the, the best way to go. I, I I but I made a point, a uh, a very conscious point in the article of saying like, you know, traditional publishing, like like it's cool, no shade. If if like that that's the direction when you go you want to go in. More power to you, but you you know, but just know it. it's not the only way. And and in fact, you know, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna do all the same work as a as yeah. an indie author, except you know, you're gonna get less money, and you're, there's gonna be more, you know, yeah. more whatever. And, uh, and 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 I believed it, and I believed it to to my soul. And and when I posted that article, and when I published inside the outside, I was absolutely convinced that you know that I was gonna be an indie publisher. For, forever and always to the point where I, I don't know if i did it consciously but you know what what I, I, even if i did do it consciously i basically like i wrapped myself in the flag of indie publishing and and mm-hmm. and i very much couched my my identity as an author is i'm not just an author uh, you know I'm, I'm an indie author like i very That's proudly right. waved that flag um and and so yeah i published inside the outside i published you know the, the Vampire Trilogy. Um, ultimately, you know, together, you know, we published, you know, Dolph the Unicorn Killer. But even that was, you know, at a, was an independent, you know, endeavor that that we collaborated mm-hmm. on. And so, and so, when I got to the point of, um, you know, Episode Twenty Nineteen or Two Nineteen. I, I you know now I'm talking about hunting for a literary agent and yeah. and looking for uh, a traditional publishing deal and so before before I recorded that episode and before I even like said it out loud I found myself like struggling like trying to reconcile mm-hmm. like you know like is this okay like can yeah. I do this am I letting myself down and what did, what if I inspired somebody in the last 11 years to be an indie author um yeah. and they it, am I somehow if I have I somehow let them down? Am I turning on them? Am I am I? If I am I selling out? Like I have all these feelings that I'm well, that I'm trying to go with, and yet exactly well, and what you we, said it's like I don't fucking. Can, g- can
1: we be controversial too and be like? Yeah, you said no shade, but like I feel like there was shade, like not not from you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, that's not like, hey, dude, you were throwing shade. That's more of a like, you know, I mentioned like it seemed like there was a versus back then. It yeah, seemed oh yeah. like this was eleven years ago, and. And I feel like both sides were trying to be like, like from the indie side. And and I said this a lot too, that like I, I want to keep rights. I, I, you know, you get paid more, um, you get to keep control, all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember very specifically, like he, like, especially like here on Twitter, I, if if I didn't see it once a day, I, I, I would be surprised, but it was like I had, it was corporate authors, like somebody with Penguin Random House, for example, um who you know they they wrote they had a popular blog or something and had books coming out and stuff um and they happened to experiment with it and the line was i have nothing against self-published authors some of my own books are self-published and it was so, like there was shade and mm-hmm. there was like a and there was a it wasn't conflict exactly it was tension but i think it was tension because we were all trying to navigate this seismic shift absolutely what was happening with access like you know, you're talking about empowering, like, I think that's the key of it. Like I used so I used to say that like, you know, publishing is just a button and when it's just a button, like everything comes down to marketing, but like
2: mm-hmm.
1: publishing is a button. And when everyone has access to it, like, um, so, so me, and I'm going to make this completely personal there cause I don't want to like put words in anyone's mouth, but okay. like, I often felt like, um, indie authors were kind of fighting for scraps at the reputation table, mm-hmm. like, everything that was said about us was a catched in the fact that one, we were first self published. It was always like the self publishing success story. Like you didn't hear about the, the struggling people. Yeah. Um, they talked about books that had become giant successes and, and like, so 50 shades of gray, like the, the common theme then was mm-hmm. that it was self published, but it wasn't, it was like a fan fiction thing. And then one this like Australian small publisher sort of thing or, or what have you, but it became this narrative. And I think that narrative also carried through to like, I mean, I don't know what your experience was, and but like querying reviews, like ne- never mind agents, but like being far enough along yeah. the process that like, hey, I have a novel coming out in two months, and I'm gonna send it to, you know, I, I want to send it to some, some awards folks. Mm-hmm. I want to send it to some, you know, popular publications. Like, let's see what they say, and you know, seeing how to contact somebody, like whatever mainstream magazine it was and being like we don't accept Mm self-published whatever and like just putting that band hammer right down up front and it was so frustrating and there was so much like back and forth and i'm not going to say that's changed like so i don't know if it's changed like i said i've i've been um (laughs) (laughs) i I don't want to say bubbled for the past couple of years but like i mean i i so i've transitioned wholly um you know, recently, and I, I think that. um But I also made a conscious decision along the way that, like, I stopped reading um some of the really popular blogs that, like, mm-hmm. not fed it. There, were, I, I I won't say it fed into that exactly, but it kind of fostered that. It be it it allowed itself to be a forum for those kinds of discussions, and it just got exhausting. Yeah. Like, and, and so so I totally I, I feel what you're saying there because. Um, I feel like you know the you know and you said you wrapped yourself in the flag of being a, an indie author like I became an indie publisher like I mm-hmm. founded a fucking press Yeah. and that became yeah part of my identity and everything um, but it's also kind of um, so, so for me I actually have found that, that the press like I've been, I've been enjoying getting back to the writing
2: mm-hmm. like
1: for a long time I was focused on the publishing and focused on reputation building and who I was working with and, and getting their work out there and everything. And that's great and all, but like, you know, the fact that it's been 11 years since i published a novel is astounding to me because that's not what I expected when I went to USC. I was, <laughs> that's why I went there. was like, you write novels and that's what you do. So um, it's, it's definitely been kind of like getting back to my roots. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this also, and I'm going to keep talking. So whatever, <laughs> you get to listen to that. I think this also goes back to the roots though, because I, and I think I, I mentioned it when we first... So I, I realized I'm a writer when I was 12 years old and read Needful Things. And it was a Galvanic moment I, in my life, which I'm really grateful for, because I don't think a lot of people, even even later in their lives, like there are a lot of people who are like, i like to do this. I want to explore this and, and what have you. But like, since I was 12, I've had this, oh, this is what I do. But it was Stephen King. And Stephen King is like the most popular writer ever and the most prolific writer ever. And that is so tied into that identity, I think, for mm. me, which is really, really frustrating. But like I think there was an element of make getting all of that work out there. So there there's lately especially been this this idea of like getting back to the root of enjoying the storytelling and enjoying the the words. And yeah. like I, I, you know, he he says in in on writing like, um, I recently drove from uh from Pittsburgh out to California where I live now, and on writing was one of the legs of those those series. the the other legs were uh, Neil Gaiman's Audible Sandman series, which for anyone who hasn't like. Sorry. Sorry, Martin, but shut this off. Go listen to that. Come back to us. It's that good.
0: (laughs) That's fair. Um, That's fair. But
1: (laughs) I mean, it's Neil Gaiman. Come on. But he he says that uh, he had thought about writing and and thought about a book on it and stuff and didn't want to be precious about it. Kind of like what did he have to say about it? And then uh, Amy Tan told him that she wished someone asked him about or she was her readers asked her about the language and that was like his like permission like that was he he says that you know he heard that and he was like i can write this book and and i've been feeling that lately that mm-hmm. like i'm i'm so done with <laughs> i so so i read primarily on amazon like i i don't think i've read it for a print book in probably 5 or 6 years like i read on my kindle uh sometimes my ipad but i mm-hmm. love my kindle and i shop on it from emails i get from amazon every day and then you know, Amazon itself. And like, I hate to, to make it sound like Amazon's my curative, like everything, but like, that's where books come from now yeah. and where you shop for them and stuff. And I still have a pretty good cross section. Like I read, um, I think it was called Loving Day by by a, an author of color about uh, his it was, uh, experience in, in Philadelphia. Um, I just actually, um, so like I said, I just got to California. I, I live on Canary Row and I just, figured I'd reread that because why not? It's Steinbeck and, and awesome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just reading uh, Simil Chandler, um, the, the book that I'm hearing is is kind of like basically Hamlet noir. Um, and so I've, I've been really into like, you know, the big sleep and all those kinds of things. So just getting back to those, those touchstones, I think is really, really important. And I think, especially now as we're hopefully... Easing back to normal hopefully getting back to normal and and redefining it for ourselves mm-hmm. because it's not normal it's like now we get to be like okay that 2019 is gone and two years are like and now we're like okay where, where do we go from here like it's like <laughs> yeah you know, it's like sweet is a sweet shot of mine where he's like where do we go where do we go now where do we go from here <laughs> yeah i just made an actual rose reference What? <laughs> yeah you did i, th- I think that,
0: that might that might be the first Guns and Roses quote <laughs> in the history of the Marchless Trap Show podcast hour. So, congratulations! <laughs> you, win. <laughs> you win a shiny nickel. Check your uh, check your mailbox tomorrow. So that's
2: all
1: I had to
0: say. Oh shit! Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I honestly I was so like locked into like uh, to, to the will and trick I mean, podcast so, hour. So
1: I know you're querying something, and I'm querying, so, um...
0: so no, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I want to talk about all of it. So. So, uh, so one of the things that you mentioned was, was publishing and that, that you, that you did start your own publishing company. Yes. Um, and, and, uh, exciting press, exciting press. I know. And I was, I was very, very flattered and proud that, uh. That, that uh that you know you reached out and offered out to to go
1: read dolphin unicorn killer and read the book info for said book because it's really cool <laughs> <laughs> or darn socks you might want to darn socks And we don't judge you for darning socks no shade if you're darning socks yeah but. if
0: if, if all, and, by, and by the way if, if you go to amazon and, and you know look up uh dolphin unicorn killer and other stories and you see the uh the the synopsis of the book i can only take credit for like maybe five percent of that like like will wrote the the most wonderful synopsis that i wish i was like that's like that's not fair it's my book i should be able to do what he just did and this is like way better than what i came up with well Uh, i
1: mean that that was my job but it was also that like that was the whole thing about exciting press or is the whole thing about exciting press that like um they're all authors that i love and that i really want to you know catch fire with with the books and stuff and um, you know, I, I'll be honest, I was hoping it would grow a lot more with the pandemic when yeah. everyone was like inside and not doing it. I think Netflix did really well. And I oh, see sure. probably Dis- Disney Plus. Um, I don't know that I didn't see much of like Kindle growing that much. I didn't yeah. hear much about like, oh, I finally read I, I finally read my hundred books a year and stuff. I actually read, I heard a lot more people being like, Oh, I didn't read a hundred books a year. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to defiantly not feel guilty, which I'm not, I'm not saying you should feel guilty. Man. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of books per year, but um, yeah. I mean, indie, yeah, I mean,
0: like indie publishing in general, I mean, well, so I, I, I can't, I can't put this on the pandemic, but uh, you know, I, but just uh, it just indie publishing in general, I, I think overall it's probably doing really well because more people are publishing Mm-hmm. but it's but it's exceedingly um harder uh to to find any sort of success or traction as a isn't is an, an indie out there at least with compared to you I know 2011
1: like any, any author yeah like i f- i feel like books are um not i mean i don't want to say the forgotten medium but like it, it, you think that that 2 years inside is when people would start reading again mm-hmm. and and i haven't experienced that like between media reporting on it and actual like conversations but like i also don't know how many conversations i've had have been zoom or yeah or what ha- and, and i don't mean to, to sound cynical here that's that's <laughs> certainly not like all. I, I mean i think it'll pick up because um the, so got uh, to allude to on writing again there's a, a point where king says he he had some success he bought this giant desk put it in his office and like basically succumbed to addiction and couldn't write at this desk. So the first thing he did when he got sober was kick the desk out, get a Mm -hmm. smaller one, you know, whatever, because, and I I can't remember the line exactly. It's one of those, like, it's not this, it's that. And it's like, it's not that art is a support system for life. It's life is a support system for art or vice versa. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not sure which way he he phrases that, but like, I, 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 I do think that like, when we start traveling again, when we go to the beach again, when we're, you know, out and about and, you know, I, I hope it'll pick up again. Yeah. I hope that we'll, we'll find, because I mean, the thing I, I learned was like, you know, I thought as a writer that like, I don't need, I dude, I went, I was insane two days into lockdown in March of 2020. Mm -hmm. Like my, and, and by two days, I literally mean like, monday like even (laughs) even with the weekend like it was like monday and i was like i can't do this that like um i I thought that we close the door and we can make our art and you know we we don't need to to interact too much like we can just focus on the stories and and i think we you know we can there's something to be said for that but i also think that like we we close the door because we have the door open most of the other times and we are like you know sensitive souls and all that kind of stuff that we we are sponge mm-hmm. and we'll we'll you have to go out <clears throat> to experience to make good art you have to go out and live to to refine that into a story that moves somebody so i don't know i hope that as we as we ramp up and as we we come back to to it that that it it all returns in full force no I,
0: I hope i hope that i hope that happens uh sooner exactly as later. you've described <laughs> sooner rather than later and, yeah, and exactly. you said something a minute ago that i want to uh, i want to jump I'll jump back on which is the idea that it feels like it it, it, it feels like reading and, and books in general is is sort of a an antiquated medium mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh and it's it's i i don't want to say i struggle with it but it's something that i that I think about a lot and sometimes cynically insofar as that, you know, like I, I, I like I fully recognize that people watch TV more than they read books mm-hmm. and they, mm-hmm. they go to the movies more than they read books and people don't even go to the movies that much anymore. And yeah. they still do that more than they read books yeah. or, or, or they listen to podcasts more than they read books, which is, which is cool. Cause you know, that's exactly what we're doing right now. And so, uh, and so there'll be times where like, you know, I'm, I'm where I'm say working on my, my, my new novel or, you know, I'm currently in the third draft revision. So it's very much in the almost done stages.
1: Somebody goes to the circus. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Grover Wilcox goes to the circus. I'm so, I'm so goddamn (laughs) proud of this book and excited. And, and, And actually that's the thing. I'm so excited about this book. I'm so fucking proud of this book. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, like I, I try i try to be as objective as i can but i'm like i'm i'm i, I really oh, I, I really think I, this is the. i know oh, you're right
1: fuck it dude
0: like this is this is like the this is, because i don't want to hurt the feelings of my other books and so uh, but i think this is i think this is the best book that i've ever written and i and i feel that just like right down to my bones right down to my toes i feel like this is the best book i've ever written and i'm so excited about it, and i put so much work into it and then almost as soon as i have that thought i think like why the fuck am I working so hard? Nobody reads books anymore. This is crazy. Why would I, why would I allow myself to get so passionate about a medium?
1: So, so I'm going to relate this right to my day job, and and I'll reveal my name. So so um so I, I I'm marketing for a and I, I think you know this. Um, a, oh yeah, a luxury fountain pen store. <laughs> like literally is there anything more antiquated? Like we get people, do people still write? That's what, our, what our, and they do. And like, like one of the things I discovered early in the, in the pandemic was that like zoom sucked. Um, phone was, eh, but like, mm-hmm. you know, I was still, but sitting down and writing a letter to somebody was this like, I feel like, and this will tangent from it, but come back. I think I feel like the disjoint, and so many smarter people than me have said stuff like this. But like, and and this is not to shake my cane and get off my lawn. <laughs> but I do feel like our our attention has become disjointed, and it's not so much like stop looking at your phone. Like that's not what I'm saying. Like it's it's just more that like, um, even in a moment, there's sometimes an element of observation to that moment as opposed to living in it. And I think that, um, you know, I, I, so um, I went to a Jesuit college, lapsed Catholic, explored Wicca. Um, <laughs> I used to think and, and still hold to some degree that um, there, there are commonalities between prayer, a spell, and meditation. And I think the same thing about writing. Like, I think writing falls in that, like, mindfulness focus um you hear all that stuff about like manifesting like i i i can't remember the book i think it's called the secret or something like that I, I, yeah. don't, I haven't read it but like you know there's all this stuff about like the energy you put out is the energy you bring back and all that kind of stuff but like i think there there's this this um there's something to the idea of sitting down with your thought and literally putting it on a page with ink or And and I think there's also something, and and you're going to love this segue. Um, So I'm I'm about to publish a telepathy novel. It's a novel literally about mind reading. But I think that reading is an act of mind reading. Like there's Mm -hmm. something so it's totally in the moment. And when it's done right, the reader has exactly the same thought that the writer had at some point in time. Mm -hmm. And it, it kind of fixes the oneness of like a universal time into a single instant, which I think is like the most powerful thing in the world. And to be honest with you, I think that can be intense, especially Mm when we're looking at like the quote metaverse and like the, the funniest thing in the world is to hear Keanu Reeves laugh about the fact that Mark Zuckerberg is trying to be like all meta because he was like Johnny demonic and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) But there's something so much of like everything is so content driven and like so noisy. And like, um, I mean, Wordle, like everyone seems to love Wordle and Mm -hmm. I feel like Wordle went from like, you know, Twitter, block sensation to like the new new york times thing whatever and then we'll remember that in six months like i have no idea but (laughs) i feel like everything is at that pace and it's exhausting and i think uh, i mean i don't know i don't want to say it's bad for our psyche but like i think we'll see how it affects us going forward. And, and I think we've needed stuff like that mm-hmm. for the past two years. But I think that as we emerge, like it's, it's almost like coming out of Plato's cave or something. Like I, I think as we emerge, we're going to be like, I mean, we're seeing a great resignation and people being like, God, like I want a better balance of, of life and job. I want yeah. to, I, I'm not here long. Like <laughs> we're here for a Nats breath in the grand scheme of things. I didn't mean to just get cynical and say all that, but <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, No, no, no. That was a long roundabout way of saying. I, I, I I think it will, if not come back. I think that we'll find more resonance again with it. I think that it's just been, especially the past two years, like um, we've needed respite wherever we can find it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that's the absolute truth. And 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 to sort of, uh, so this is going to sound like uh like an off the wall digression but I but I promise in my now brain there, there's a connection I I have recently in the last I want to say two weeks maybe three weeks have become just like absolutely obsessed and, and I don't use that word lightly obsessed with Rupaul's drag race <laughs> uh I don't know where I've been for the last 14 years that I've not been watching rupaul's drag race but i am fucking all it's it's all i it's literally all i watch like like uh it, it's, it's 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 all i watch it's all i think about i i daydream about being invited to be a guest judge all i want to do now my only goal now is to become famous enough to be invited to be a guest judge on rupaul's drag race i'm fucking obsessed with it i absolutely love it right, right before we sat down to record i was watching an episode of season uh, I think I'm on season eleven.
1: almost late. To this <laughs> <time>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to pull the curtain all the way back. <laughs> I was I was thinking maybe I could squeeze in like the beginning of the next episode. No, I can't do that. That's rude. Um, and, so, and so, I'm in love with this show. Uh, I I I've always been some somewhat of a fan of RuPaul, but now I'm I'm obsessed with RuPaul. I'm just endlessly impressed with RuPaul. I can't believe that RuPaul's like not the president of the world because I would vote for that. Uh, and so, uh, amongst other things, one of the things that I find myself thinking. Probably at least once a day anymore for like the last few weeks that I've been just obsessively watching uh, uh, every every season of RuPaul's Drag Race. And by the way, no spoilers, listeners. Just because you've seen it, I don't know who won all these seasons yet, so uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying them in real time, as far as I'm concerned. But I but I keep thinking about like this. Okay, so so RuPaul, RuPaul Charles, he took a uh, he he took an art form that was very much underground, very subversive. Uh, In so many ways, kind of punk rock and uh, an art form that if you were, if you were going to, if you were thinking, if you were, if you sat down in a laboratory and thought, okay, what is the easiest way to become really successful and famous? You're not going to pick drag queen. And yet he, he, he took this art form. And not only did he become uh, I, I i don't imagine there's much of an argument to say the most successful drag queen of all time. He's also just one of the most successful people, celebrities like he's he's, uh, you know, he's he's uh, and, and, you know, like n- not successful just because he's famous. But like like he's, you know, if, if he didn't have this show, he still would have been successful. But he's 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 a mm-hmm. recording artist. He's got this wonderful show uh, through this show. I found out that he has RuPaul's Dracon. Which is, you know, it's like okay, move over, Comic Con. All I want to do now is go to RuPaul's <laughs> Dracon. Like, and
1: he got his tickets, and he got his dress, and Martin's on his way. Listen, I mean, you guys,
0: there, there are things <laughs> happening. Everybody, you need to know that <clears throat> this, 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 pandemic has been my cocoon. Things are, things are happening.
1: So <laughs> we're all goo.
0: <laughs> so it's so, as I find myself thinking about, like, like he, like he took this very underground, subversive art form. And and he and he made himself just a, a, a superstar with this art form. That idea actually gives me a lot of a lot of uh, faith. That like you know what like 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 when when I think about like books and writing, like God, this is such a this is so antiquated. And who does this? Why why would I why why would I allow myself to get so passionate about an art form that just seemingly like nobody cares about? But then I see like RuPaul, and and I know he's you know kind of a.
2: Uh,
0: you know it, it's not like there's like a hundred like superstar drag queens and yet he still took an art form that uh that, that you know no nobody in their right mind who wanted to be as successful as him would think i'm gonna do it through drag and yet he did that 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 gives me um a, a, again a lot hope that you know what like like books it's not it's not it it doesn't have to be the the dead end that my that my my inner saboteur and if you watch RuPaul's Drag Race you would get that reference that my inner (laughs) saboteur uh you know it tells me it is, um, and also too. Now I'm just thinking about. I, I really want to get into that next episode. So, but we won't wrap up yet. But I literally, <laughs> as soon as we finish, I'm I'm going to jump back on and watch the next episode of
1: well, Drag Race. You know, I think I think you also speak to not just the art, but like the the when when one finds one's passion and follows one's truth. Yeah, like that is so so powerful, and I think it doesn't matter what like art form it takes like whether it's music or a movie or some heretofore unacknowledged and unexplored form. Like, I think as long as one feels like for you and me, it's writing for, for you and me, it's like, like I said, I I realized early on, like, this is all I want to do. And like, yeah. Um, now it's just like, you know, and, and I mean, you get it all the time. You get like, where do you get your ideas? And it's just like, God, the ideas happen. They, they collide like Brownian motion and fireflies and lightning. Like you, you get a thing and you're just like, boom. And, and it's just like, I can't let go of it. Mm-hmm. This is part of how I think now this is permanently having like, so, so, um, I, so, so I just announced secondhand emotions, um, that was sitting in my head for twenty-one years. Like <laughs> I had that in my head before September eleventh. Like it was right after I like I graduated college. Um and uh give it us just a, sat there.
0: Give us the synopsis, by the way, for uh for
1: Uh, because this is the main
0: reason I wanted to talk to you I mean I wanted to have this conversation (laughs) but specifically you've got a book coming out so so let's, let's
1: sell this bitch uh so it's about a young guy in college who discovers that he can read his girlfriend's mind and it seems like a first love like happy romantic kind of thing um and he's a sophomore when it first happens and you know college relationships tend not to last. So um, it happens with uh, a French girl. Her name is jean Vieve, And he discovers it by realizing that he can suddenly speak French, though he's never has and hasn't studied it. Um, then after they break up, he realizes that with his next girlfriend, he can also read her mind. And he's like, Oh, maybe it, it becomes a hope kind of thing. Like, um, you know, maybe the first love isn't the only love that has, that mythical connotation. Um, and then that ends and he gets really, really depressed. And then he meets a neuroscientist, um, a woman who is a combined uh, MD, PhD, studying the origins of pleasure in the brain. And they're kind of like, why is this happening in the first place? And, and what does it mean? And um, it started as a very frosty kind of idea. It started as a very romantic you know, I can suddenly speak French and this is a love sort of idea. Um, and, and I actually think it was good that it incubated for so long because, um, and this is hypothetical. This is rhetorical. I'm not asking you, Martin, but like, would you really want someone you were dating to be able to read your mind? Like I wouldn't, there's (laughs) nothing I'm ashamed of it now, but like, I don't want that to happen. Like that seems, um, and it's actually funny because early on I was, I had the idea that, um, he knew things that he kind of had to pretend he didn't know because they didn't have that conversation and yeah. it wouldn't so i already kind of sensed there was some tension um and then it um the me too movement time's up um the the predators who have been held responsible for you know predatory actions mm-hmm. first for assault um that became kind of part of our cultural lexicon i think and a Gave new shading to that and it um, became about consent and really honestly talking about intimacy and what that means and that intimacy isn't just physical and in a moment it's also honesty and stuff and how do you navigate that so um like I said it it started frothy and I think that the 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 end book continues to be kind of frothy to start with but I think it also kind of tackles those head-on but like I I think that's kind of been my my take, my my attack on things is that like the prodigal hour really tackles hard themes head on mm-hmm. and um, trying to be honest and sincere of that and stuff. So yeah, it's called secondhand emotions um, and it's out on Valentine's Day. Um, which <laughs> so uh, <laughs> the 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 tag is spend Valentine's Day alone with someone else's thoughts. <laughs> which I think is funny because, I mean, be honest, dating I love the pandemic, like went out the window, <laughs> I think. Right. So if you're alone on Valentine's day, it's something to do. Um, but it's up for pre-order now. And, um, you know, so, and, and, uh, I, I, I don't mean to keep you from RuPaul's drag, Race, <laughs> but I do want to mention that like we were talking about traditional versus Indian stuff yes. like that. And, um, we have mentioned that you and I both have novels that were querying. So, so the novel I'm querying is called blank verse, and um, Lucius Hamlet is a big data heir who hires former special ops Christopher Marlowe to prove that his father's death was a homicide. So it's basically Hamlet, but it's noir. It's guns, it's car chases, it's techno-thriller, like it's it's set in the present day slash near future. Um, and yeah, I, so... I'm kind of querying. Well, I'm not kind of, I have queried that. Um, I kind of want to do a pass uh, on it now. Like, you know, passes, drafts and stuff like that, like polish. Um, I had a couple of new ideas that I want to integrate and kind of bring more to the front. But point is, um, so besides secondhand emotions, I have a, uh, I think it would be called a derivative work, but there's a a novel that that recently came into the public domain that I'm, kind of updating and and playing with and stuff and it's it's more become what's right for this story i think because um i think that blank verse um i think it could do with some attention that i know even as an author as a publisher can't get like that you know i've I've been trying and, and it's not something like i've been trying to get that attention for 12 years and nothing happened or anything like that it's just that those avenues don't exist, you know? And so I've been really cognizant of it, that like, um, I published a novella called when the demon came. Um, I actually wrote it over like a month in pandemic when I was going absolutely insane. And the gist of it is that, a, a, a window salesman shows up at a woman's house and asks her what she wants from life. Um, And she's married with with a few children and she has kind of like an idyllic existence. And it it basically became about how sometimes um, the idyllic existence clouds the actual wanting. So like it's kind of an unraveling of her life because the demon hopes to get to what she wants at her core. So pretty dark really mm-hmm. um, but it was one of those things where like I, I wrote that and I was like that's going up and then I finished secondhand emotions uh, I think early August if I'm not mistaken so it's it's you know I had to do some editing some yeah. revisions, some polish um, get some feedback and stuff like that but like um, you know it, it's not a story that I I really feel I need to go the the rigor the mm-hmm. the carousel of like Query letter agents, all that kind of stuff, and and I'll be honest, like I have it, so so I did blank verse. I um, have queried several about it, and you know, response has been um, the general response, and well, the general response being for anyone who who is listening who doesn't know, for edification, what we mentioned earlier, the this is good, your writing's good, tough market, not for us, subjective business, yeah. etc. Um, and you know, it's, it's, I think it's kind of gotten to a point where, um, it's almost a question of, of worth going out for that. Like blank first, I think could do with, I could, honestly, I could see it as a Netflix series. Like it's, it's that, um, structure, um, kind of that prestige television feel to it. And, and I know I'm putting that in languages the books, but, um, it still feels, bigger it's shakespeare i mean it's Hamlet. yeah um but like second in emotions is, is i don't want to say smaller but like it's a uh more accessible and uh i think the the mechanisms that are in place that that highlight books that become part of a natural cultural conversation of the the media basically um Those are inaccessible through someone just putting a book on Amazon. So I think that's something to, to, it's more a consideration now than Mm -hmm. a choice. And I think that's a big difference from the last time you and I spoke, um, on, on, on this podcast, which has grown crazily over, over the years. Um, but I, I think that it's definitely kind of more of a, do we want to go through this does it does it make sense for the project even like not just absolutely a reaction kind of thing absolutely um and like and i'll I'll note too that like i think we've hopefully I, i'm gonna i'll put it out there as a, i hope we've moved away from there used to be the idea there was almost a masochism to querying there was this like writers need a thick skin and if you don't get rejected enough like you're not you haven't made it. And like I took all my rejections and I put them on a nail, and I got my dues and all this. And it's so toxic, I think, for mm-hmm. growth as an artist to constantly be like. Part of you know we were talking about opening your door, and like part of being an artist is like, for lack of a better word, to be sensitive, to be a sponge, to like take everything in. And if you're building calluses, if you're if you're building thicker skins you're in a way losing a receptivity that i think is so necessary to being open to life and and the way you process it that becomes what you're what you're putting out into the world for your art so i I, i i'm hopeful that we get to a point where it's more like that and not just oh i got another re- rejection today but you know <laughs> this rejection is this rejection is one closer to yes like, yeah I, I think that's really toxic and i i think that the more we can say that like go out there and, and just put stuff out there and and it doesn't matter and and it's good and you know even if only five people read it like it's still something like it's still a truth mm-hmm. and even if it, even if martin la straps was the only person in the world who ever watched ruPaul's drag race <laughs> he'd be entertained and ruPaul would be happy about entertaining someone <laughs> okay,
0: okay so, and so here's the thing so <laughs> and I, I i can't believe I'm only just now having this connection but uh but in, but, but inside the outside and my and my decision to publish it independently is directly connected to to drag and i always knew that but i never actually thought about it that specifically <laughs> But it's because in two thousand, I think in two thousand and nine, I went to watch a really small production of Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Oh and
1: God! What a grace! What a great! Oh, wow.
0: fantastic movie! Fantastic I was just show. Flip, but like Yeah, musical, but both. Like, yeah,
1: everything. it's and Everything. Whatever it, it is. It, it was this,
0: and so it was, and it was this really, It was a very very small uh, theater, and I even hesitate can, to call can it. Can make
1: it you envy me for one second? Please? Oh
0: God. Okay. Yes. Yeah.
1: I saw. Neil Patrick Harris's oh final, get, get the fuck out of final here! Final late I don't night want to hear any of it as Hedwig in New oh, York. Jesus Christ! His, his final late night performance, not even his final performance. Oh. Like his final performance at like eleven o'clock at night, so it was like two in the morning. And we were all smashed.
0: You don't even <laughs> know, man. I would, I would, <laughs> I would, like, I would watch How I if Met I, Your Mother and no, just think like, mother. oh fuck. If I, I would, oh, I would, I would. <laughs> if anything to watch Doogie Howser play Hedwig, that's like, oh, that, oh, so I am genuinely jealous of that, by the way. <laughs> anyway, I'm
1: sorry. So, I, mean, no, that, I just no, wanted no. to connect with you on that. Don't envy me. It was, no, it it, a really it's nice both. listen, we, we're, we're connecting. Uh,
0: <laughs> and, and don't worry, I'm going to give you a list of my favorite drag queens at the end of this, but uh, but we are connecting. And so I love, so, okay, so I went to watch this show and and I'd seen the movie and I, and I loved the movie. So I already had a frame of reference that I loved the movie. And it's not that I wasn't excited about the play. I just I think in my head I I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was like, I don't know, it's whatever. I went with uh, um mm. with my future wife and uh, and some of her friends and it was uh, a, a small uh you know, small uh LGBT Wait,
1: you have a, you have a future wife too?
0: Like, yes. Yeah, don't tell what Chan- Chanel. That? <laughs> don't tell Chanel. More she <laughs> uh, I have a future wife and, and she may or may not tuck if, if you don't watch RuPaul, you don't know what that means. Uh, so, <laughs> I
2: think everyone knows what that means.
0: <laughs> she, uh, 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 she, uh, she has a meaty tuck, and so uh, so, so I went to the show, and it was so it, it was hardly a theater. It's basically you know is is basically a. Uh, a storage garage just concrete with with chairs it didn't have a stage it just had a corner of the room that was designated as the place they performed so just just small uh intimate is a is a is a very quaint way to say but it was just small not very not very uh not very elegant or anything um i think it was basically two performers uh in, in the in the show two primary ones in the in the show and you could probably help uh, help me remember that since you saw fucking Doogie Howser play Hedwig, I'm so fucking <laughs> jealous. Um, but uh, from the from the moment the show started, uh, the actor playing Hedwig uh, comes out completely just. Not not only did they completely own the room, they completely owned me. I was just like, in, it was in a trance. I was gobsmacked. Uh, it was one of the most amazing, brilliant live performances of, of anything that I've ever seen. And, Mm -hmm. and so I left that theater and there's, there's maybe 30 of us in there. If, if, if that many people, and it was like a Wednesday night, just totally random. And I remember just walking to the car after that, just thinking like, I, I know, I just saw one of the most amazing things that I'm ever going to see in my whole life. Uh, And I feel, and, and, you know, I'm like right in this moment, I'm so happy and I'm so full and I, and I'm so, Mm -hmm. and, and just everything. And, and, but I was also struck by the idea that like, there was like Thirty of us in there, if anything, and it was a Wednesday night, and it was a small theater that, with all due respect, I can't even remember the name of today. For for as impactful as that event was, and 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 this actor who who did this thing for me, he, that may, maybe this is the height of 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 his of of his own life. Like like maybe maybe this is as good as it gets, and he's never going to be famous. And that's crazy to me because this guy should be he he should everybody should feel the way I feel right now. Uh, and 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 it's it's a shame that, that that you know a million people aren't watching this, and then almost as soon as I had that thought i I also realized like the, you know i like that the fact that I feel this way isn't nothing. the fact that I'm just mm-hmm. overflowing mm-hmm. with 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 joy to where like even you know thirteen years later i mm-hmm. I can still think about I still feel passionate when I think about it and and so if 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 I'm literally the only person. That this that this that this actor, this artist connected with us on, on this level, it, it wasn't nothing. Like like my life mm-hmm. was forever t- It was so changed because, because of it, I realized I I I can publish my book independently. Because mm-hmm. if this artist can make just one person, me, feel this way, mm-hmm. then it's absolutely worth it. I can publish my book. And if literally one person buys it and reads it and feels the mm-hmm. way I do right now it's absolutely worth it. So, so, so drag genuinely actually did, <laughs> you know, tip the scales and getting me to, to publish, um, inside the outside. And incidentally, uh, I, so, uh, you know, a- after I did inside the outside, I, I published my own blog. I started my own blog website, which, you know, we all did. That's, that's you, you kinda <laughs> do, It was the thing to do. And at some point I, I wrote an article I, and I had to, it, it was, I, I, did my best to do research because i had trouble like i was trying to find that the name of that theater i was trying to track down the name of that actor and it was so fucking hard and i finally found somebody who worked at the theater and uh, they were able to give me the name of the uh, of this actor um uh and i apologize right this second i can't think of their name but they did at, at the time they didn't have a big like uh, internet presence or a big social mm-hmm. media presence i couldn't really find much of anything information about them so mm-hmm. i just but i wrote a blog um uh, I wrote a blog article that that very much uh, just talked about how impactful that play was, and specifically this actor and this actor who doesn't know who I am, who doesn't know why I exist in the world, that they affected my life in such a way that I published my first novel because of them. Mm-hmm. um and uh, and and I, you know, I just put it out there. And then, like maybe, maybe like six months ago. Uh, I go on Instagram and, I, and I've got this notification on Instagram and I see that this actor has shared a screenshot of this blog post that I wrote almost 10 years ago on his Instagram wow. story uh, and because, you know, he's now, you know, a, a successful drag queen in New York. Um, I think he's actually been on RuPaul's Drag Race. so I'm kind of crossing my fingers. That's the, amazing. And, uh, and so the reason he posted my story was he was making a connection of like, I was doing this, I was, I was, I was pursuing this career and. And he felt like you know maybe maybe, maybe mm-hmm. what's the point you know maybe maybe it's time to you know, pursue something else, and he saw this article about this author who was like so mm-hmm. fucking passionate about his performance that it gave it gave him juice and 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 you know mm-hmm. and and you know it, and this is not only not only did, did did we make that connection but it was years later like I put this article out in the world like ten years ago he probably saw it six seven years mm-hmm. after I after I published it and 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 he and and he was influenced and inspired and then i was and then i i was uh I, I was able to I sent him a message on instagram just so excited it was like the first time we That's could actually awesome. connect and i was like I, i'm so fucking excited to to meet you and i you need to know that like you're genuinely like you inspired me to publish my first book and um and and we had like a very short exchange which was very nice and then i saw he has like you know maybe like 120,000 followers. I'm like, I'm so happy you actually saw my <laughs> message. Cause it could have easily gotten lost in there. Um, and so, uh, so, so yeah. And, and so God, I feel like an asshole for not having his name at the tip of my, the tip of my tongue now.
1: Um, I, just, I, I wish I could help you. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to have to go to my own website to like dig <laughs> I, it up. To... <laughs> that was, was that John Cameron Mitchell was the writer, right? Yeah, he he or... was the writer uh, and yeah. he also
0: starred in the movie. I think he starred in the original uh, Broadway uh, production. Uh, I think it started off Broadway, but, you know, ultimately Broadway. Also, by the way, yeah. uh, not totally disconnected. There's a Hulu original series called Shrill. There's only three seasons of it wonderful series uh starring oh goodness a really funny actress from uh snl
1: you're so good at the name game martin is that I, person who's in the thing i know i know, I, know. I, I i'm doing all this stuff
0: um <laughs> but john cameron mitchell is a he's he's in the series and he's oh, okay he's fucking brilliant not not that it's a surprise because <laughs> yeah, I, I've, right? I've never seen him do anything that wasn't brilliant. Like, have you like his movie short bus which uh is just, mm, just yeah. still one of the most fantastic things i've part. ever seen and you know yeah. Pr- yeah, if, if 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 anybody who's not seen it it's it's you know it's 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 it has actual you know sex in it like like not simulated so it's not crazy that it, it's
1: dude it, don't tell it let him go in well you know
2: whatever
0: I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah let him Shut go him in out. literally go let it. him go in uh <laughs>
1: worth
0: it yeah it's, it's 100% worth it yeah they, 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 I wasn't trying to talk you out of it
1: <laughs> it's uh, like I, that old uh the tiny tunes the, the, the people who say well I never and you're like maybe you should try it you might, you might enjoy it like give it a go why not
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh it's fantastic and, and, and it and he used all just basically real people he didn't use established right. actors and then he's just was that
1: dogme was that the, the dogme school you know the, the oh. naturalistic filmmaking kind of thing well I well, feel like it, I don't know it might have been
0: uh, I'm, I'm gonna say yeah because i have no idea but i want that to be true uh gotcha but but you yeah, know yeah it, about, right like no not not, period, a clue, like, not a clue not
1: a clue oh there, there's this whole um it's a it's a i think it's dogme with an e at the end and it's like a there's it's it's a manifesto of like filmmaking and there's a group of of quote auteur directors um who do a very naturalistic like um, they they won't use studio lights. They'll only mm-hmm. use natural lighting, oh, including that, stuff okay. in the room. That does sound familiar. Like, okay, yes. They'll only do like um, if they want music in a scene, they actually have to do like a record player or something like that. And um, yeah, I can't remember what what the other ones are. There, it's like a whole like not subgenre, but but it's like this school of thought i guess about Mm -hmm. filmmaking and and there are several that like follow that and stuff so i I can't remember if that's one of them i don't i don't know if it is the movie well but but but
0: but i but i do know like with the movie like so not only did he not use established actors but um he also didn't go into it with a screenplay like he took these like he -hmm. i I think he auditioned Mm -hmm. people first and then let them collaborated with them and they sort of they they collaborated on a story And, and you know i mean he 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 oversaw it very much, like, mm-hmm. al- almost like a creative director. So it wasn't just like just wild, right. just improv. But you know, like he took their ideas, uh, herded them into just. So a- it was
1: like Christopher Guest waiting for Guffman. And yeah, Guffman. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> except with here's
1: the scene, you guys improvise. <laughs> except with un. That's <laughs> with, with very re- <laughs> with
0: very real, not simulated sex. Right. So, so yes. But which is I mean that's it's got I mean it's, you know it's got to be the only. Re- I mean, the primary reason, probably, it, it's you know, it it doesn't have a life as a as a as a mainstream thing. Oh, by the way, also,
1: which is also, such a shame. I mean, because having, having just published a, an erotica novel, or yeah, having an erotica novel on the way, like I, it should I be. It,
0: like... You know what? Maybe there come a day. Maybe 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 maybe, maybe there a...
1: maybe there will come a day. And, oh, hey, oh, hey-o, <laughs> talking
0: about pearl necklaces.
2: Uh,
0: so, uh, yeah, he has another movie. With the uh, Nicole Kidman and uh, Aaron Eckhart, oh, what's it called? Uh, something, something ra- rabbit hole. I think it's called.
1: Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Oh
0: god damn it! It's so fucking beautiful. And, and so here's the thing, and and this is this is where you know, like I I, I, I prayed the the altar of John Cameron Mitchell. The the, the premise of the movie is it's about uh, parents who are dealing with the the death of their infant children, and mm-hmm. so you're like, why the fuck would I watch that movie? And yet he found a way to make it not just good but like Mm -hmm. endlessly uh entertaining and fun and Mm -hmm. and there's heartwarming without losing you know the you know it's heartbreaking and it's all is it's Mm -hmm. as heartbreaking as you would imagine to be and yet it's also just fucking beautiful and entertaining it's like this guy is a he's he's a goddamn magician He's, he's a force he's wonderful yeah yeah for sure uh well listen man uh like like you said at the beginning we, we are old men and more importantly i need to watch rupaul's drag race i was just say, are, so are we done i feel
1: like there's so much more to talk about we could uh, we're we, just doing like another 120 episodes we're there. plugged <laughs> in man we can
0: easily keep going and this, this won't be the last time we talk in 2022 because uh because because you know because part of my podcasting uh so part of part of my my, my podcasting in 2022 is i i sort of I, I sort of only want to talk to people. This is going to sound so shady, and that's not supposed to. I, I only want to talk to people <laughs> who I'm like genuinely excited to talk to, uh, and so um, and so that's going to include you know either you know friends that I know that I that I'm excited to talk to, or guests that I've had on the show in the past that just I have just fond memories and we just had a great connection. I want to reach out and talk to that person again or frankly, just talk to myself because I love talking to myself. Um, so, so, so with that that's in mind, fair. with, so with well, that in mind, you know, i and I'll I,
1: also note like if there's ever a time you want to talk about process of like, cause so you were, I, I, I did really enjoy your, your um, parsing through the idea of querying. Cause that's what it sounded like to me. It was like, yeah. wow, I'm an indie author and I'm going to start querying agents. And what does that mean? And kind of wrestling with that and stuff. But like, I have a feeling you're going to get to, like, how to actually write a query and what a query is and what the process looks yes, like.
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: if you ever want to commiserate, if you ever want to, and, and commiserate is the wrong word, because let's be honest, fuck masochism. We're not masochistic. We've got great books that we want to get out there. Yeah. If you ever want to chat with that stuff, I'm here, man.
0: <laughs> oh, <So>. 100%. <laughs> yeah, it, 100%. I want to talk about stuff. that stuff. I'm, I, I definitely plan on talking to you uh more than this in in, in 2022 uh we, we can't go another 100 episodes between <laughs> between nah, uh, that that. between conversations uh and, and more importantly I, I promised you a list of my favorite drag queens so I, i'm going to say at the top oh, of the list right, right, right. uh and, and feel free to take notes if, if you want to do some googling on your own and by googling you know what i mean
1: listener do you have a fountain pen and <laughs> if you don't Contact me. Uh, <laughs> I'm Will educate on Instagram. Yeah. And we'll hook you up. <laughs> oh, he will.
0: He will. He sent me a fountain pen. I had to admit to him the other day. When we, oh, when right. we finally yes. met that I. Have I,
1: you used it yet?
0: I, I don't know how to use it. I tried.
1: You I, said that. I you know. Said that last time when I met you. And, yeah. Reader, we've met. We, 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 we've, we've met been, in person. We had breakfast. Today. I had breakfast with you and your, your now wife, I guess, future. Not, I yeah. don't know the future wife. Yet, Listen, my, uh, my
0: future wife has a And tuck. your lovely parents. Yeah. <laughs> and my lovely pair. we had breakfast. It, it was wonderful. We had uh, breakfast at, at the uh, the the Palazzo Hotel and in, oh, yeah. in Las, on Las Vegas. Good trip. Stuff. It's lovely. Um yeah. So I'm gonna, uh, you know, if you ask me next week, this, uh, you know, this, this list can this change, but, change. But, but, uh, but right now, I think Alaska Thunderfuck is fantastic. I mean, uh, I love the Alaska name. Thunderfuck. Uh, Adore Delano. I, I liked Adore Delore, Delano, Delano a lot. That's Chanel's, uh, she's not Chanel loves Adore. She also has a great big crush on. Adore, door if if a door were uh, in the same room as me uh i we i'd probably get handed divorce papers uh, right. v- violet chachki is she's fantastic violet chachki is she's she's not as entertaining as as alaska thunderfuck but i'll tell you what one thing about violet chachki uh she can get it uh mm-hmm. Jinx monsoon is is fantastic hilarious and, and you know uh somebody who I, i'm i'm lately uh, they weren't uh, on top of my list early on, but Alyssa Edwards is is really okay. it's really coming on strong. And uh, it, in fact, I might even put her right behind Alaska Thunderfuck as is, is my favorite drag queens. And you know, I'm 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 on season eleven, so by the time I get to season you know thirteen and fourteen, who knows what'll happen who knows? to who, what'll happen with this list? Um, there there's a you know there's a RuPaul Drag Race show on the Las Vegas Strip, which obviously now I'm extra excited like before it was just a thing that I knew are you, existed
1: are you a stagehand yet? Oh. Oh, oh, <laughs> uh, uh, hello
0: <laughs> stagehand in your pocket is what I want to be <laughs> <laughs> whatever the fuck that means i you want, man. <laughs> I appreciated that we were both going to pretend like that meant something <laughs> that's how i know you're a true no, friend
1: because that's what we do we rip, like whatever <laughs> no seriously do you have tickets yet because i'm surprised if you don't <laughs> <laughs> i i
0: i have 100 plan on going I, I i'm literally like putting off everything in my life until i get fully caught up (laughs) with with the they're currently in the middle of season 14 once i'm caught up then I'm going to do everything. Uh, then, then I'm going to do every novel. Then but I'm no, going to do listener. everything. Martin yeah. has
1: priorities.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> f- f- fuck querying agents. Nothing is happening <laughs> until I... And not just RuPaul's Drag Race. There's also All Stars that I got to get through. Uh, I also recently learned there's RuPaul's Drag Race UK edition. I'm definitely watching that. I mean, uh, there's good the, Lord. There's RuPaul uh, Untucked, which is basically... Those are the episodes that they film... While RuPaul and the other judges are judging, and then the, the the queens go in a room, and then they film that. I gotta watch. Those. I mean, the, it's like
1: drag all the way down. As well, it the, should be. There is
0: a lot. Th- th- there, there's a lot. <laughs> I am. I am balls deep. Pun fully intended. <laughs> uh, and so. And so nothing Unch- else in my life is. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, God damn it. All right. Well, listen, man, they're, they're, I really do want to talk about that other stuff with you. Go <laughs> watch this show. I've got don't to watch Drag to Race. Um, but we will get together uh, sometime very, very soon. Uh, but your book comes out Halloween, February 14th. Tell them again one more time what it's that's, called.
1: That's Valentine's Day. That's not. Halloween.
0: What the fuck? Did, I said Halloween. He said Halloween. Motherfucker. I was th- my, my I was thinking hearts and <laughs> pink.
1: You want me to take this part? I'll, I'll take this part. No, <laughs> Listeners, Instagram.com slash Will um, and you can find Secondhand Emotions on Amazon for pre-order now, um, and it'll be delivered to your Kindle or whatever reading thing you want on February fourteenth, Valentine's Day.
0: Outstanding. Outstanding. And uh, and uh, spend
1: on the- Valentine's Day alone with someone else's.
0: Fantastic, Will Entrecan! This was every bit as fun as I, as I was hoping it was I mean, going to be. We knew
1: it was going to be exactly. The only thing more fun
0: is uh, is watching RuPaul's Drag
1: Race. <laughs> well, go do that. <laughs> Talk to you later, man.
0: Thanks, Will. Well, that was fun, wasn't it? I hope you guys enjoyed that nearly as much as I did. Talking with my old pal Will Entrecan. A little bit of house cleaning before we wrap up episode 220 for good. Uh, so I clearly couldn't remember anything specifically. I couldn't remember names, and I guess technically, I in some cases I couldn't remember dates. So, uh, so now that I have a, a moment to wrap things up, I I, I want to fill in some of the blanks. So the 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 actor that I was referring to who played Hedwig. In the in the uh, in in the in the stage production of Hedwig in the in the Angry Inch that I saw, his name is Darius Rose. Darius Rose. I, Darius. In the off chance that you happen to be listening to this, I apologize that I, I did not have your name in the front of my head. But um, but Darius Rose and uh, Darius Rose, his drag name is Jackie Cox. My guess is Jackie Cox is likely more famous than Darius Rose because Jackie Cox was, in fact, a contestant on RuPaul's Drag Race. And the the moment I confirmed that, I was absolutely gagging. Uh, Season 12, I don't know if I mentioned that. So Jackie Cox was on season 12 of RuPaul's Drag Race. In my current um, uh, full-throttle binge to to watch every single episode of RuPaul's Drag Race I'm actually on season 11 so this is this is serendipitous timing that I should find out that uh that the Jackie Cox the, the 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 actor and drag queen who uh who who very much inspired me to to publish inside the outside independently is on the next season of RuPaul's Drag Race that I'm going to watch that's pretty awesome uh, I also mentioned the theater where I saw the play at. That the, the theater is called Theater Out. It's in Santa Ana, California. And the blog post that I that I wrote about Darius Rose and his performance of of Hedwig in H- Hedwig and the Angry Inch. That article is called "Why Isn't This Dude Famous?" And uh, I published that blog post October twenty sixth, two thousand and eleven. So that was uh, eleven years ago that I published it. Uh, I think I think Jackie Cox is plenty famous now certainly a lot more famous than 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 when I wrote that article. Uh, I also mentioned uh, to will that Jackie Cox had somewhere in the area of 120,000 Instagram followers. Uh that was just that was that was sort of a a loose guess off the top of my head from what I can recall. Uh but I but I confirmed just a little while ago that he has over 600,000 Instagram followers so uh, again, uh, Jackie Cox slash Darius Rose, my apologies for, uh, for reducing your, your Instagram followers by 500,000. Uh, I also couldn't remember the name of the actress who starred in the Hulu original series Shrill for as much as I love that show. All, all three seasons of it. Absolutely loved it. Couldn't think of her name cause I'm cause, uh, cause whatever, I'm an asshole. Her name is A.D. Bryant. So if you're a fan of SNL, then you absolutely know who she is. Look her up. She's fantastic. She's also a co-creator of the show. So multi-talented. And there you have it. Will Entrykin, episode 220. His new book. Oh, yeah, you know what? I I, I also need to clear up when his new book comes out. Will clear this up for me, but, you know, I I feel like I I owe him one more plug. His new novel, Secondhand Emotions, comes out on Valentine's Day. February 14th, Valentine's Day, 2022, not Halloween. I don't know. I don't know what happened to my to my brain during my conversation with Will. By the way, I'm recording this the day after. So I got to watch some RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, I, I got a good night's sleep. And uh, my brain is working uh, uh, at least a little bit better right now. So Secondhand Emotions, written by my old pal, Will Entrykin. Coming out Valentine's Day, 2022. Not Halloween, 2022. Although, they will be available on Halloween, 2022, for whatever that's worth. Um, I think I've cleaned up all my mistakes, so I think we can officially put episode 220 to bed. With that said, I would like to leave you with the words of the fabulous RuPaul. We're all born naked, and the rest is drag. Until next time, I will see you on the other side.